If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, tornado touching down in Los Angeles again. That's two and 24 hours. We think that God is finally fed up with California's sodomy and variety of other crimes against nature and uh, has decided to go all biblical. That's the only thing we can think. Well, if you have a society in which crime is encouraged, essentially, violence, uh, you know, theft, that sort of thing, uh, drugs everywhere, uh, people living like zombies, turning their back on all that is good and decent. I mean, if you're looking for an Old Testament cleansing, what more do you need? Well, I was at a party the other night, and all we did was dance around a golden calf. And I thought, you know, this could be a mistake, but we're having a good time. <laughs> Beautiful. You know, I don't claim to know God's will. I'm just saying, do the math. Anyway. It's good that you don't claim to know God's will. That's probably good. Be you want to count up the number of uh, the Ten Commandments being blatantly violated on a daily basis with the approval of the authorities in California? I mean... Are any untouched? Oh, do I covet. Yeah, I try not to. I try not to. It's fun, though. That that may be my number one deadly sin. Lust. Co- coveting your neighbor's wife? No, no not sexual lust, but okay. like wanting more. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, what was that you said the other day? And we'll get to the Stanford thing in a second because it's so great. But um about to d- 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 look at look around you at the stuff you really really wanted. Yeah, yeah. How was that worded? It really re- it left a mark on me. It, it said something like "be proud of yourself" or "be happy" or something. But because it, you got it. But, but I it, took it the opposite way. It was yeah. It was the idea that everything you've got right now you once really really wanted. 
whether it's your spouse, your house, your car, your job, or whatever, you really, really wanted it. And, you know, so if you're not very happy or, or now and or you're looking at different spouse, different job, different car to make you happy. Clothes, whatever. Yeah. 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 You remember you thought that stuff you're looking at right now was going to do that, right? Right. Exactly. That's a good lesson. That's, good. that's a, something I talk to my kids about a lot. On the other hand, if you're rich enough, just keep chasing it. It's fine. <laughs> Supports the economy. Right? If you're rich or hot enough, just keep doing it. So, ugly situation at Stanford. You have a federal judge invited to speak to the law school by the Federalist Society. The Maoist students of the left decided that he should not be allowed to express his ideas, shouted him down. And when a dean showed up, it was one of your deans of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which achieved the opposite of all of those things, interestingly enough, who encouraged the hateful heckling. And again, I still ask, is the juice worth the squeeze? What is that? I mean, is it worth the pain that this causes and the division that it causes? Do you have something so incredible important to say about Twitter and guns and COVID that that is worth this impact on the division of these people who have sat next to each other for years, who are going through what is the battle of law school together so that they can go out into the world and be advocates. And this is the division that's caused. When I say, is the juice worth the squeeze? That's what I'm asking. Is this worth it? So and this, I hope so, and I'll stay for your remarks okay. to see. That's, that's enough. So this lunatic is suggesting that anybody who offers ideas that aren't already believed by the little Maoist students is causing divisions and making everybody sad and should probably leave campus. I just... On a, on a so-called elite university graduate school. Well, yeah, and that's sort of a separate topic, but just that, that whole phrase of the battle of law school, and I've heard from people that law school is quite the grind, and I'm sure it is, but still. Yeah, lots of things are. But yeah, exactly, and you're at freaking Stanford Law setting up a wonderful, wonderful life that almost everybody in the world would love to have. So they've, they've worked so hard together, she says, on the verge of tears, because it's all about emotion. Don't hit me with the battle of law school crap when your ticket has been punched multiple times. So Jeffrey Blair has written a great piece in the National Review. The uh, the dean of the law school, um, and, and it gets into what happened to her, has sent out a memo to the student body and I thought about just reading it to you, but I love his commentary, so I'll, I'll hit you with some of this. Those who haven't kept up to speed on the increasingly weird scenes inside the gold mine of America's elite law schools may have missed the latest outrage from the denizens of Stanford Law School. And he goes into the situation where the, the, the judge is shouted down by a howling mob of LGBTQ activists and the school's own DEI administrator. Just unbelievable. Um it must be emphasized how direct the confrontation between the Stanford administration and its students has become. Uh, they mention that the dean of the law school, Dean Jennifer Martinez. Oh, I should throw this in. Um, what needs to be emphasized is that after the incident, the Stanford law protesters did not meekly desist in shame, as one might expect them to after having been after having publicly disgraced themselves. Instead, they demanded, one, that Dean Jennifer Martinez rescind her formal apology to the judge, and two, place permanent restrictions on what speakers the Federalist Society can invite to campus and what ta topics can be discussed. And three, expel the school's current Federal Society, Federalist Society members. So, again, these Maoist students who the dean supported, the other dean, 
demanded they get to decide what speakers and what topics can be on campus and to expel any of the kids on the Federalist Society board. Good Lord. (laughs) Reading on. It must be emphasized how direct the confrontation between the Stanford administration and the students has become. Martinez is a professor. In addition to her duties as a dean, after her apology to the judge, her constitutional law class was protested by an eerie horde of law student activists, the same cadre that disrupted the original event, one imagines, who ringed the perimeter of her class silently, wearing masks, after papering the blackboard with appallingly erroneous understandings of free speech as both law and ethos. One imagines this escalation forced her hand. I'm sorry, didn't you have a comment? Or uh... Uh, I was just uh, I was actually looking for uh, some tweets from Tim Sandifer that I saw. Oh, I have uh, one of okay, them. Okay, handy. Ahead. Yeah. Dean Martinez responded today by lowering the boom in a 10-page memorandum uh, addressed to the student body. She's decided it's time to send the entire Stanford Law class to re-education camp. I'm only half kidding. And in a surprising twist, it's not DEI, quite the opposite. It's an instructional course on how the heckler's veto is illegitimate. That's when you shout down a speaker to prevent their ideas from being shared. How one must tolerate and reckon with opposing opinions, both as a virtue in and of itself, but also because one will be an appallingly poor lawyer unless one develops this basic mental discipline. Yeah, the heckler's veto thing should be understood as if if we're going to decide that if enough people shout loudly, the speaker can't speak, well, we're done with public discourse. Right. Because you could always get together... You know, a handful of people to shout at every speaker. Right. On and every all it topic. takes is a handful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Martina's memorandum is, in all substantive respects, an excellent defense of the principles of free speech, free inquiry, and minority rights, as well as closely argued on the legal merits. She does not stop at grudging acknowledgement of the right of people like Judge Duncan to be heard uninterrupted. In fact, a strain of near disbelief filters through her carefully chosen words. This is the part that really made an impression on me and scares me a little bit. The strain of near disbelief through her carefully chosen words as she keenly emphasizes how antithetical the student's behavior is to the spirit of free inquiry. Her contempt for the behavior of associate DIA Dean Tyrion Steinbeck is barely concealed as well. But there is something wildly unsettling about Stanford Law, one of the most prestigious legal institutions in America, having to send its entire student body to remedial civic education because its members have either forsworn all previous norms of acceptable conduct or were so poorly formed that they don't even realize that there's something important they failed to learn in the first place. They're supposed to be the next generation of great legal minds, the elite of the elite, and they apparently need to have it carefully explained to them that not that using mob tactics and social pressure campaigns to silence your enemies is not kosher. Martina's tone alternates between patient pedagogy. It's both ghastly and comedic to read her walking her students like toddlers through concepts like, quote, it's wrong to just censor the Federalist Society because they are right wing. 
and hopeless appeals to a pluralism alien to her students. This is the key. There's something pathetically touching about her attempt to remind the self-righteous LGBTQ activists on campus that they are, in fact, the dominant party and that they're cynically attempting to crush the tiny minority of students in the Federalist Society. That's a good point right there. You're not bravely standing up for the downtrodden. You're the force. You're the power. You are the oppressor. Yeah, on the college campuses, you're the man. And uh, he Jeffrey points out, it's touching because they already know this and they do not care. They consider that the right, they consider that the right and proper order of things. Stanford Law has issued a fine statement of principle as far as it goes, but it, and the devil's in the detail as far as living up to it, but it is impossible not to also read it as a warning, a hard line laid down by a startled older generation only finally awakening to the realization that, due to years of corruption of norms and education, the kids are not all right. And beautifully said. And the question of will anybody be disciplined in a way that's going to hinder their graduation or anything? Of course not. Uh, As Tim Sandifer uh, commented via Twitter, well, it's a fine memo, I suppose, but meaningless, really, without disciplining the disruptors, which, as I predicted, will never happen. Also, I love the phrase, needless to say, in a memo that explains in excruciating detail principles of free speech every student should already know. So it's not needless to say it needs to be said over and over and over again and enforced yeah oftentimes the uh, uh words you hear after it goes without saying needs to be said yeah and one more comment tim made that i thought was good and let's be honest here they do know the students who did this know it isn't protected free speech they just don't care and why should they when there are no real consequences? Right. More yep. to come on this. We're actually due to be talking to Tim pretty soon, I think. He's about, ill. Uh, and oh, we will talk right? to him next week. Okay, great. You it's probably about a, gave him COVID. I don't see how that would happen via text, but uh, he's involved in a really important case in Arizona, and I'd love to talk to him about this. I said yesterday that I feel like we're going to have at least one AI story every day for a while. We got another one today. Among other things to talk about. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. In this courtroom saga, again, Gwyneth Paltrow is now starring in is growing by the day. It's a civil case, but it could damage her image and cost her some money. As the real-life courtroom drama unfolds... Good morning. Morning. Day two brought new tension in the case of Paltrow versus Sanderson. The retired optometrist suing the Oscar-winning actress, claiming she violently crashed into him during a 2016 family ski trip in Park City, Utah. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture of the guy. I don't know if I'd like to admit to the idea that 65-pound Gwyneth Paltrow ran me over and hurt me. (laughs) She talks to water for crying out loud. She weighs as much as an infant. A 65-pound cannonball careening out of control down a ski slope, Jack. You've skied. That's highly irresponsible for you to say. uh, I don't have any idea what happened here, but it's certainly possible that you'd realize when you got knocked down by someone that... Wow, that is a famous person with deep pockets. I am already ha- I'm having trouble seeing my back. Yeah, who knows? You don't know. Yeah, it's not out of the question. Among the things that this guy claims, now he's only suing for $300,000, which helps the argument that it's not a cash grab, because I would think if you were somebody who thought, oh my God, I just got hit by a wealthy person, mm-hmm. uh, you would go for millions, right? Wouldn't you? Uh, you'd just start I, really I, I big. I would think so. Sure. Yeah. The fact that it's $300,000, but among the things that this optometrist neurologist person is claiming happened is that Gwyneth hit him, looks down at him. He's unconscious, but other people reported this. Um, he got knocked unconscious. Uh, she hits him, looks down at him, and then skis off, which I don't know what I'm required to do if I knock somebody down. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't ski off if somebody was laying there. Well, you're a cold-hearted piece of garbage if you do, yeah. in my opinion. You don't call for medical attention? I, yeah, I don't know. And she talks to water, as I pointed out. Um, uh, she believes water has feelings. Maybe she doesn't think skiers have feelings. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, but uh, what was the thing? Oh, he's claiming that he can't enjoy wine drinking anymore because of the oh. damage done. 
And that's sue for at least 300 gur. That's one of his big complaints. Something, yeah. something happened with his ability to enjoy wine tasting. Well, I've long believed that everybody, everybody involved in Shakespeare and love beating out Saving Private Ryan for the best picture should be in prison. So if this is a step in that direction, good. I agree. That's what the judge should say. I don't know about the particulars of this case, but Shakespeare in love was not the best picture. And for that, we sentence you to 14 years hard labor. Fair enough. Um, I, I, how does a celebrity ever get a fair shake? whether it's unfair in their favor or unfair against them. I just can't imagine how it ever doesn't play a role somehow. The fact that you're well-known and wealthy and the way the jurors either like you more or dislike you more or whatever. It would be really tough. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, a, a bench trial, you might be able to get a fair shake. but Like, I automatically... In the jury room, it'd either be an advantage or a disadvantage, but it wouldn't be a neutral. I well, yeah, say. that's my point. Yeah, there's no way it'd be a neutral. I automatically, as a juror, would think I hate Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <And> right. So... <laughs> a candle that smells like her hoo-hoo. Are you butts? <laughs> That's what I'd say as a juror. Like, I don't know about anything, but she sells candles that smell like her privates. So, uh, for that reason, I say guilty. Guilty of all counts. Sounds good to me, says the rest of the jury room. Coming up, we'll uh, talk a little bit about the, the, the chat GPT story of the day or the artificial intelligence story of the day. Did you see those pictures that we t- tweeted out yesterday that our friend Craig made? He, he had the artificial intelligence combine Joe and I's photos into one person. And they're disturbing on a number of levels. But my real point is that the fact that a guy who's an amateur at this can do that in like a couple of minutes in learning about it. What are experts going to be able to do with this stuff? His output within a week of getting hold of these apps has been equal to the top one hundredth of one one percent of the artistically talented among us ten years ago. Yeah, it's the sort of thing that ago. you had to be Steven Spielberg to do not long ago. Yeah, now yeah, it's or just, just a gifted artist. Yeah, yeah. So I, where this is all headed, I don't flip a no, but it's it's headed somewhere and it's headed there dang fast. Uh, we got more on that coming up in a little bit. The TikTok hearings continue to go on. Any highlights from that, we'll have them for you. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I heard that Google just released their own artificial intelligence chatbot called Bard. Did you hear about this? Yeah, but people have noticed that Bard makes a lot of mistakes and is less accurate than ChatGPT. So we decided to test them out by asking them both the same questions, okay? For instance, if you ask, what do humans need to survive? ChatGPT said, food, water, and shelter. While Bard said, fuego chili lime takis. (laughs) Here's another one. When you ask, what are the three branches of government? ChatGPT says, legislative, executive, and judicial. But Bard says, diners, drive-ins, and dives. And finally, when you ask, uh, if 3x minus y equals 12, what is the value of 8 to the power of x divided by 2 to the power of y? ChatGPT says, 2 to the power of 12, while Bard says, uh, ask ChatGPT. (laughs) But they're still working out the kinks there, I think. Uh, uh, the reality is that uh, Google, for whatever reason, is only kind of a little bit rolled out their new thing because they're not quite ready to spring it on everybody with m- most uh, people who follow this stuff believing Google is going to unleash something that's going to blow all our socks off compared to these other ones, which is troubling on its own because it's mm-hmm. already blown my socks off. I'm, I'm sockless already. Um, uh, again, our, our friend uh, Craig, who's been messing around with a lot of this different stuff for a variety of uh, reasons. Uh, both the text and the photos was showing us how you can create picture. They're they're photos. They look like real human beings that actually exist, but they they don't exist. These people don't exist. Oh yeah. And what does that mean? So, um, first of all, I don't understand why there will ever be another model that makes a scent. Why would that exist at all? 
No, the uh, artificially created models that he sent us links to are, they might as well be human. I mean, they're indistinguishable from real real photoshopped or retouched human models. Right. And again, this is a friend of ours who's messed around with this for a little bit. Now, he's smarter than the average person, but still, he's not, this isn't his expertise. You get somebody who's, that's their expertise, like, you know, design or, or photography or understanding what models people need for clothes or whatever. But, man, if, mm. you, can, if, you, can, if you can come up with the, the hottest red-headed, blue-eyed woman that's 26 years old or then immediately change it to slightly taller, slightly shorter, slightly heavier, whatever, why would there ever be models again? Not that I'm that concerned about the end of modeling <laughs> as, a, as a world, but it's just... So many things are going to be upended so fast. And then the idea that you can create super hot women that have a 28-year-old body, but their face looks like they're a 16-year-old. For or the, a 12-year-old. For the Pervo crowd. You know how right. every year um, Abercrombie and Fitch would get in trouble for having really youngish-looking models wearing seductive clothing, and that's not okay, and blah, blah, blah. Well, if these mm-hmm. people don't actually exist... How are you going to police that at all among the provos? Right. Um, Yeah, I don't. I don't don't actually know. Are there laws against a gifted artist drawing an underage for a child engaged in sexual activity and distributing those images? I don't know. I don't know that either. But because if you can and you can right now, right now, create photorealistic, utterly convincing Children having sex. Oh, geez. What a imagery. horror. I don't even like to think about it. And soon, soon videos. Except those those children don't exist. How about... Where does that leave us? Well, I, I don't even... I don't like this topic, but is there a possibility that if you can create it through AI and it's realistic, that freaking weirdo crowd that ought to be locked up in prison for the rest of their lives doesn't need to use real human beings? Um, uh, is that a possibility? So that's yeah, a good thing for society. I don't know. God dang it. It's also hard to wrap your head around where this is all going. Anyway, speaking of tech, TikTok, which we all know is a company designed to ruin our minds and spy on us from China. Uh, the Their top person is being grilled by uh, a bunch of Congress people today. And let's hear a little bit of this. This is Representative Kathy McMorris-Rogers. I don't know her, but let's hear it. Your platform should be banned. I expect today you'll say anything to avoid this outcome, like you are 100% responsible for what TikTok does, that you suddenly endorse a national data privacy standard, that Project Texas is more than a marketing scheme, that TikTok doesn't harm our innocent children, or that your ties to the Chinese Communist Party through ByteDance is just a myth. We aren't buying it. Wow. Um, that was some good stuff. Uh, although I Way was... Way to bring it. Yeah, that was good stuff. I, I agree with all that. I mean, I was uh, saying that they're all going to really enjoy this one because there's no downside for just lambasting this TikTok guy in China. I mean, everybody's on the same side of this argument, so you can just go off and get on your local TV back home and it ends up being a raccoon dog and pony show. But uh, we've got other questioning going on. Let's hear some more of this. Would you commit to that, not selling the data you collect? Uh, Congressman, I believe we don't sell data uh, to any data brokers. You don't sell to anyone? We don't sell data to data brokers. 
I didn't ask you to date a broker. Did you sell it to anyone? In other words, I, uh, under our bill, you could only use the data for your own purposes, not to sell it to anyone. Would you commit to not selling your data to anyone? Uh, Congressman, uh, I actually am in support of some rules. I didn't ask you whether rules. I asked you whether the company, TikTok, would commit to not selling its data to anyone and just using it for its own purposes internally. I can get back to you on the details of that. Okay, get back to me. All right. Oh, he learned that one from Mark Zuckerberg. Um, Here's a congressman. Well, I was just going to say, you know, on one level, they all do exactly what you're asking about. So let's haul Mark Zuckerberg in and yeah, see that's everybody that, else. It's funny. That's the exact thing I was thinking. Like, well, I'm sure TikTok is a malevolent force on planet Earth, especially for Americans. But mm-hmm. what you're just discussing there is Google and Facebook and practically other every app that you download if you read their user agreement. Correct. There's some more questioning of the man. But the Chinese government has that data. How, how can you promise that uh, that that will move into into the United States of America and be protected here? Uh, Congressman, I have seen no evidence that the Chinese government has access to that data. They have never asked us. We have not provided. Well, you know what? I've I asked that, that. I find that actually preposterous. Mm. And in order to assure everybody here and all our users, our commitment is to move the data into the United States to be stored on American soil by an American company, overseen by American personnel. So the risk will be similar to any government going to an American company asking for data. Well, I'm one that um, uh, doesn't believe that there is really a private sector in China. Because that's true. And good for you. That's a Democrat from California there. Good for you, because that is the that's the way it works. But so you'd have to believe that even even if the you know this guy or whoever at TikTok would like to do that, you'd have to believe that they're going to be able to gather all this information about Americans, keep it on a server in the United States, and if the Communist Party of China comes knocking and says, "Hey, we would like to uh, like you to download all that and send it to us," that you're going to say no. Well, the the idea is it's uh, on American servers overseen by an American company in America. Well, the question is, is there any access by executives on TikTok calling from Minneapolis, St. Paul, saying, hey, I need access to this. I need to look at it. And, and then can they do anything with it that then could go to the Chinese communist government? And I don't know enough about the technology to really comment intelligently about it, but that's my concern. Good for her, though, man. We have ch- the attitude of... Americans and our government toward China has changed so much so fast. I mean, you know, talk about being woke. We're all woke to what the re- the reality of the Chinese Communist Party is. Here's a little more on that conversation. I do want to quote from employees that you had. Everything is seen in China. How do you respond to that? I, I disagree with that statement. Well, I know you disagree with that statement. But my point is, how does that happen that employees... Um, are saying that, in fact, that's not true. I cannot speak to, I don't know who this person is, so I cannot speak to what the person has or has not said. What I can say is, you know, based on my position in this company and the responsibility that I have, that statement is just not true. Well, what are we supposed to do with that information? You know, at a certain point, you've got a... Known criminal, dangerous criminal. China? Right. Well, I'm, I'm building a metaphor here, but yeah. All right. Who is arguing in favor of access to your bank accounts. 
and goes on and on with multiple ways in which your your money will be kept safe, that known aggressive criminal will not access your money, and you listen to this stuff and you think, wow, that sounds kind of reasonable. I have a question about that, but wait a minute. At the root of this, a known aggressive criminal is asking me for access to my bank account. Why am I even why would I even take the chance? Yeah, I think we're just headed down the road, and this is probably the opening act that will set the tone from here on out. We're just going down the road of Chinese companies can't be doing business in America. Well, to a large extent, yeah. Because there's no such thing, as that one congressperson said, there's no such thing as an independent Chinese company. They're all uh, responsive to the Communist Party, so there you have it. Right. All right, here's my argument in favor of TikTok. And this, this argument, I would think, oh, okay, all right. So you're putting on the big sloped hat? Why would I do that? I don't know. To make the Represent argument. a Chinese company? Yeah, exactly. I'm putting on a coolie hat? That, that would be absurd. Okay. Anyway, I'll put on whatever hat you like. Here's my argument. TikTok has long been a cash cow and a data siphon for us here in China. You've caught on to the fact that it's a data siphon for the purposes of the Chinese Communist Party, and you don't like it, we get that. But we really, really want it to keep being a cash cow, and it's such a good cash cow, we'll give up on the data thing. We'll give up on the spying thing if you'll just keep pouring money into us, please. If he said that, I would think, okay, finally we're down to brass tacks here. Pretty good argument, too. And, and, but and, that's and you could, what they're trying to say. Yeah and, you, yeah, and you could see making that decision. No, 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 this is too lucrative to lose. We'd love it if we could continue. They should just say it out loud like you're saying. And we'd love it if we could keep stealing your information and building a dossier on every uh, citizen in the entire country. But, you know, you're not going to let us. So I guess we'll, just go, with, us. we'll just go with the money-making part of it. So if this chew guy comes into your home to just directly steal all your cash, you're going to want to know about it. And if you have Simply Safe Home Security, our beloved sponsor, you will know about it. You want to do everything to protect your family, and that's why we recommend Simply Safe Home Security. They make it easy to protect every inch of your home with advanced security tech powered by 24/7 professional monitoring. How many different magazines or publications have said Simply Safe is the best? And that's the best against way more expensive systems that are out there and more complicated. Simply Safe is simple to order, simple to use, no long-term contracts, and costs about a dollar a day. That's amazing. 24-7 professional monitoring using Fast Protect technology to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police dispatch, which is great. And that 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day. That's less than half the price of the traditional systems. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize the perfect system for your home in a few minutes. Go today. Claim a free indoor security camera and 20% off your order with monitoring. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I have a feeling we'll have more highlights from that hearing coming up. I mean, the building anger there from both parties. I think at some point somebody's going to jump up on the desk and say, let's get him. And they all storm him and he's going to have to protect himself with his fists. That's what I expect to happen uh, in the next hour or so. Um, and if you'd like to tell us your TikTok experiences or how addictive it is or what you do or don't like about it, a text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tornadoes in Los Angeles. What the hell? I mean, now it's just things have gotten crazy. They started crazy. True. Now it's just over the top. Chaos. Snow. Tornadoes. Zombie camps full of the undead. Crime. Yeah, good point. Um, the uh, uh, TikTok hearing going on right now, and uh, somebody texted and I looked into it. Yeah, TikTok is one of those apps that get to look at all your keystrokes. I'm not going to have any app ever that gets to do that. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. That because you're going to play this free game that I downloaded on my kid's phone. This happens. They always want these various games. And I look into them, and yeah, they get to monitor every keystroke you make on any of your devices. No. Or get access to your contacts or whatever. It's just unbelievable. Oh, speaking of TikTok. You know, amidst all of our discussions this morning, we haven't thrown in the fact that two dozen U.S. states, several colleges, Congress, the armed forces have all banned these, this app on their phones. I mean, that's not because they're paranoid or, or overreaching. It's because they've looked at it and thought, wow, this is completely unacceptable. So in, in many, many aspects of American society, many areas, it's already banned. So we are on at the least topic, on official phones. We got on the topic earlier about how giving the thumbs down is better than the middle, middle finger in terms of actually having an effect. I think you're actually going to get to somebody's conscience if you give them a thumbs down on a, a driving maneuver or something. Whereas you flip them off, they just write you off as a nut job. Anyway, we got this text. I prefer to show my anger by getting on the other person's bumper and brandishing a crowbar out the window. Another one I like is getting in front of the car and slamming on my brakes. Those are also good ways. That's a good, that's a good one. Those are also unmistakable. Good Make it very clear that you're unhappy with them. Oh, boy. There's lots of videos out there. My kids, uh, or my oldest son particularly, likes the videos of, uh, what is that website he's got? Look at all the, the, the wham, bam, Tesla cam. It's because all the Teslas out there have video. They're taking video all the time. So anything that happens on the road is being videoed if there's a Tesla around. And so all these videos end up in just all kinds of mayhem. There's so much more mayhem that goes on on the roads than you think because you never see it. But now that it's been record being recorded and and, uh, as soon as every car manufacturer has, you know, cameras and they're recording constantly. Oh, my God. Every interaction will always be. Maybe that'll make us more polite. You won't be able to scream F U U B get out of your car against some mother of three because you feel like she cut you off. If you know every car in the area is videotaping you right now and it's going to end up not only in a police report, but, uh, you know, on the evening news. Generally, a person that stupid can't control themselves, so it might have some effect. But, you know, there's a craze of dash cams in Eastern Europe and Russia. And so that's why you get so many. Uh, videos of uh, log trucks overturning or head-on collisions or motorcycles wrecking or whatever, because those people have those things running all the time just in case something crazy happens. So, yeah, if, like, every car in America is running that, you're going to see some horrendous S. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you are. But you wouldn't believe how often this happens. My son shows me these videos, and I would have thought, you know, every now and then it happens. But apparently it happens all over the place all the time where people, like, feel like they got cut off or something. You know, something made them angry. You went first 
when you're waiting in line for something. And so they endanger everybody's lives, scream past people at 70 miles an hour, get right in front of you, slam on their brakes, jump out of their car, want to fight you. It happens all the freaking time. There's a lot of lunatics on the road. Wow. A lot of anger out there. A lot of angry people not doing not uh, doing the work to process their anger, trying to take it out on strangers. Sad, sad. What do you suggest they do? Yoga, breathing exercises, deep breathing exercises. I was just reading a study. Excuse me, I got to do mine. Where that's even better than meditating. Deep Fixating breathing on your breathing. You're just the breathing, the pace of it, it slows your emotions. It's cleans. I don't remember exactly. It explained why it's so good for you. But they said they uh, saw substantial drops in anxiety and depression among people who did that. Huh. Do we not breathe the way we used to breathe? I think it's as simple as slow down. Slow down. Let's take a minute. In life. You have to do that regularly. We are frantic in the 21st century. Inputs coming at us 24-7. Action, action, action all the time in a way that human beings are not designed for. We do four hours of this here radio show. If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.